1: What's good, Internet, and welcome back to Waypoint's end-of-year celebrations for 2018. As I've said a couple of times already, for the next couple of weeks, we are going to be delving into You don't know that? This our, could be first. I think Monster Hunter World is first. Okay. I hope. I hope. That's why I gave that whole big <laughs> spiel. I've said it already. It's true that I've said it before. Uh, some of our favorite games, and then we're also doing our top ten lists, as I have said already. That was the voice of Patrick Klepek also joining me today. Natalie Watson. Hello. Okay. Here we are. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, one of 2018's best games, uh, Team Cherry's Hollow Knight, which, let me just check, released uh, February 24th, 2017. What happened? Why is this Did not here? know that was a Kickstarter game either. It was a Kickstarter game. It was part of like the indie box. It was a whole bunch of things with that game. Um, wow. But I think most of us got to it this year because it released uh, on the Nintendo Switch in June and then on the PS4 and the Xbox One only in September, which I did not realize it was so late. Um, oh, I
2: didn't... Re- I thought... Yeah. That's what Wikipedia
1: says. PC-only so. game for, like, almost a full year, right? Totally, totally. So I think a lot of people came to this game this year. And before we get into it all the way, I'm curious, just high level, what were your experiences with some of the the kind of games that Hollow Knight's drawing on? Metroidvanias, a little bit of Dark Souls in there, stuff like that. Uh,
3: yeah, so I uh, have a long history sort of with the genre. Starting with Super Metroid, I owned a NES, but don't remember playing metroid one or two i also don't know that i would have at that age had the patience or interest to like do like draw a map you know it wasn't until super metroid where like mm. you, the game like handled that in the interface so maybe i played those games but i don't have any recollection of it but super metroid i fell for really hard like a lot of people and like it was a short sprint from there to one of my favorite ps1 games symphony of the night so sure uh where like I played Super Metroid and liked it, but was, like, too young to really internalize video games, whereas Symphony the Night was closer to me, like, not just liking video games, because that was what was put in front of me, and I was a kid. Like, I was still, like, relatively young when the PS1 came out, but it was, like, older, whereas, like, I was choosing to, like, stay interested in video games, whereas, like, other people in my life were, like, they still played video games, or but it was like one of a, a number of right. things they did. Whereas video games had become like a primary hobby of mine. It was an interest. It was around the same time that I was like, you know, doing stuff online, and so like Metroidvania games, like, have been like a real constant for me as as I've gotten older. Throughout now, your whole,
1: yeah, for sure, right. And then Dark Souls, we know your history yeah. with Dark Souls. Yeah. Natalie, how about you?
2: I am the complete opposite. Ooh. I have never played. A Metroid game or a Castlevania game. Those are
1: the two. Those are the two. <laughs> the two, the Alpha the, and the Omega. Those, are the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, I, this was never a genre that I felt like. It's so interesting that this year has actually become the year of me playing games and genres that I ne- like signed myself um, off on. Like, I was just like, I'm never going to play these kind of games because they're not for me and I'm like not good enough at them or you know something about like I, I, I don't care about like the way I don't know it just, it just wasn't what I like looked for in games like I'd always been about story and like sure. the sort of like the having the threshold that I needed to cross be like being uh, uh, physically demanding or like right. being- Skill-based challenge, yeah, all that Yeah, shit. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I can, I like puzzles. Like I like stories. I like those kinds of things, but anything that would like required like like demanded physical finesse from me was like already going to kind of like, oh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be good enough at this.
1: And then you played uh, Bloodborne and, <laughs> and Hollow Knight and Dark Souls and
2: probably and some other stuff in that space too. Probably some other stuff in that yeah. space too, Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I played Bloodborne at the beginning of this year because we- Oh, that was part of that stream we did. Yeah, you, we did We were the, taunted
3: by a group of people as you attempted We're like, to play. what
2: game could we make Natalie play?
3: <laughs> yeah, just throw her off the fucking deep end, you know? And
2: like- <laughs> we're like, we want to do Dark Souls, but Dark Souls Remastered isn't out yet because we had thought it was going to come out on Switch and then we could like do the Dark Souls thing. Right. And then we're like, oh, well, we have Bloodborne, so we started... And I'm glad we started with Bloodborne to be... Like, I think if I would have started with Dark Souls, I would have fallen off way faster um, just in terms of not being able to... Anyway, this is not that podcast. Um, <laughs> well, but there there
3: are some... It's important. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would actually say, like, in terms of, like, the combat of Hollow Knight, which is, like, a... Which is combat heavy in a way that... Even though there is a lot of combat in Super Metroid and in Castlevania, like sort of like the like sort of linchpins of the like mm-hmm. the genre, like really subgenre, the hybrid genre that like Hollow Knight is is building off of. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollow Knight places a much higher priority on combat finesse than a lot of games that just have combat as like you know, exploration tends to be like a and then combat's like, I don't know b, C or d, like it's in there, but it's not a primary. and yeah, that is very much exploration and combat are on like and I feel like that
2: com- yeah, and I feel like that combat is usually based on like weaknesses and like, oh, like yeah. do you like the the it's like more of like a weapons triangle sort of thing or like at least. From My understanding,
1: oh, yeah, ice missiles against this boss. Whereas, yeah, in hollow knight, Rock, it, paper, it, scissors, it, yeah. right? Right, right. It, in, in hollow, hollow knight, knight it, it feels like bloodborne or something. It's like, I'm learning these boss patterns, I really gotta yeah. just na- nail the execution,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, having bloodborne prep me with like rewarding sort of that aggressive play, um, actually, I think was better for my transition into Hollow Knight than starting out with Dark Souls would have been. Sure. Um, Because, or maybe not, I don't know. Like being careful and deliberate is actually how I ended up finishing Hollow Knight and it's not how I started it. So I think I actually, it was an interesting thing where I went from Bloodborne to Hollow Knight and then to Dark Souls. And I think that was like the right sort of transition for me because I was able to start pacing myself at the end of Hollow Knight and be patient um, in a way that I now am learning uh, with Dark Souls as well. I think it's easier
3: to to do the arc that you did, though. I think, like, it's easier to start aggressive and move backwards than it is to start, like, Dark Souls, you know, very easy to fall into, like, the sword and shield, like, slow pace thing. And then the reason Bloodborne was such a revelation to a lot of people, especially who have been fans of those types of games, is because it's like, ah, fuck all that. Like, actually, you just (laughs) need to go in there and just like stay aggressive. So, I think you had like a really interesting arc in terms of being able to retreat to something a little more passive and analytical than uh being having a game saying like actually you need to like forget everything you were doing before and just like get in there and yeah. fuck that thing up. So, it's it, watching you have that arc in 2018 has been like really fascinating.
1: Totally. I I will say like so for, you know, for my part I came in playing Having played, you know, a ton of the Castlevania games that were kind of more open world and, and uh, you know, a lot of those on, on portable consoles. Like, I liked Symphony of the Night, but I probably played way more of the GBA and then DS uh, Castlevania games. Yeah. Um, I played, like, the Circle first the two. Moon, and uh, yeah, I Circle the Yeah, Circle of the Moon. What was the one after? Dawn of uh, Sorrow? Was Dawn the of first Sorrow. DS one? Was the DS one? Or is it Aria of Sorrow? Maybe it was both. I, anyway. Um, regardless, I come in with a lot of that stuff, and obviously people know that I've been playing the Dark Souls games and, and Bloodborne and all that for years. But what I don't have is the the like deep love of 2D platforming, which we haven't actually talked mm-hmm. about here because this is a game that's very, very much in a line of, like you said, skill-based already. Um, but but not just for combat, but also for jumping on stuff and and doing like interesting wall jumps and difficult yeah. like p- puzzle platforming stuff. I've played I've played my braids. I've played all the Mario, the two d Mario games and beaten them, you know, but it, but it's been years since I was a devotee of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that got me into it was like the big thing that brought me in was was actually, um I knew I wanted to play this game on Switch uh once I read Bruno Diaz's piece from our our game of the Year thing last year, in which he makes the case that, like, hey, you're looking at this stuff and all you're seeing is it's a platforming game, it's a Castlevania game, it's a Metroid game, but what it is drawing on in a different way is or what it's doing is it's elevating this the genre I knew I love, which is the kind of souls, the emerging souls-like genre and it's actually doing something new and different with it. And that was how I definitely knew I wanted to come into it and then I kind of punted on it and continued to punt on it and continued to punt on it until Natalie, you came in to the office and were just like glowing about it. Um, do you want to talk about your initial experience with it? Like, going in, having played some Bloodborne, but not necessarily knowing much about Hollow Knight yet, like, what were your initial impressions of it? How did it, Why did it make such a strong impression right out the gate?
2: Yeah, I went in just completely uh, blind and didn't know anything about the story, and uh, the Switch was really the first time it came into um, my view. And so I when I started playing... I was just super I, – I had had this, like, moment where I was like, okay, I can play these types of games now. Here's yeah. a game that is like, come to Switch on a platform that I like and is comfortable for me. And this is a game within a genre that I'm just beginning to get familiar with. And it was, like, almost a kind of, like, wanting to say, like, okay, I – want to master one like on my own like I kind of want to go into this and I have my bearings sort of and I feel like I'm in the right mindset to finally be able to play one of these and so I think it was actually the first boss that really hooked me um when I was like moving around through the the world and stuff everything was like first of all the world design is amazing yeah, and yeah. it is so like gloomy and full of like melancholia and 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 sadness and a lot of like just like unknown information or just like remnants of Im- information or remnants of memories and stuff like that and so but when i hit my first boss and i died i was like okay so this game is actually going to do the thing of <laughs> like and it wasn't like i died without like knowing why I died, like I could see what I was doing wrong and I could feel that there was like, okay, I'm going, like there is a system to learn yeah. here that there is like something to engage with here that it's not about sort of like, I uh, I don't have to brute force my way through this game. Like I can be patient with it. And I think just knowing that knowing that, like, I can just be patient with this game was so attractive because I just got to, like, just spend time, as much time as I wanted. I ended up spending, like, over 70 hours in this game. (laughs) But, yeah, I think that's what really, after the first boss, I was like, I want to see how this game is going to challenge me, and I also really care about these characters. I think when I first met, um, what's her name, uh,
1: Oh, yeah. That's a great moment. Uh, Not – what is it? Hornet. Hornet? Hornet, yeah. Yes. When I first met Hornet,
2: that's when I was like, oh, yeah. This is like – there is some shit going on in here and – Like, I, I need to, I, like, wanted, like, chasing her was, like, such a huge motivation throughout, like, me, like, moving through the game.
1: What's her deal? Like, what, okay, there's another actor in this dungeon. It is not just me and then mindless enemies. Someone else has an opinion about the stuff going on, which means some stuff is going on. What the fuck is going on? Patrick, how about you? Did you, did you, had you been, you'd watched it previously as a PC game and be like, oh, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait.
3: Yeah, well, it uh, had a lot of people yelling at me about it the year before because, right. um, you know, you know, as people knew that it was correctly assumed it would be a game that like lined up with my personal interests, and it was, I think, because it was on PC, because PC is not where people traditionally play even these types of games when even when they do come here. Not that there isn't an audience for it, but it's just tends to be a game that people play on tvs or handhelds like that is just kind of where that genre has shifted it's just not really thought of it thought of as a console or handheld genre as opposed to a pc genre even though that distinction doesn't mean anything really yeah. but i i still it's still kind of thought in that that vein and for me it was mostly a just i don't have a good reason it just fell off the list like a thousand games fall off a, a list How of priorities goes. um and then it just kind of fell at the right time on switch in terms of the games that Uh, i could play and it was the first thing that captured me playing it was the world i had a similar uh feeling playing this that i did i don't know when this podcast is coming out but in the episode where we talk about mutants year Year zero um on waypoint uh radio on a monday episode um some weeks back uh it's a that is a game that conveys a world extremely quickly and impressively Mm -hmm. um without deep exposition dumps. I mean, it has exposition, but there's like exposition and like capital E exposition where like a game is like clearly like here's exposition time. Settle in for the Um, tale of Diablo or whatever. (laughs) And and it's, and it's so, uh, it's impressive because you don't notice it. And like, that's what makes it all the more impressive is that when you suddenly slip into a world and you start, you're curious, you want to fill in the blanks yourself. Like the game's giving you just enough to work with, but you want to know more, and uh, even more so, like, uh, similarly to you, what kind of tipped me, my interest was more than just, I played lots of games that are good Metroid-style, Castlevania-style games. I played lots of games that have influenced from Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. Um, But part of what, and I still don't remember who wrote the tweet, but it was something along the lines of, like, lots of games have tried to imitate uh, the Souls games, so that's where we get a lot of the Souls-like genre from. Not a lot have taken lessons from souls and then tried to apply them as a, so I think those are like fundamentally different things than just aping what souls did and putting a spin on it and like saying like higher level, like what is this game trying to accomplish, um, design wise, narrative wise, and then, uh, bringing that in. And, and I was like, well, that's, that's really fascinating. Cause that's like, that's like a fundamentally a little deeper than normally what you get when someone invokes the term, you know, Castlevania or Metroidvania or even dark souls. Um, And so, like, even just the simple way that uh, you come into uh, this game and the characters speak very plainly, right? Like, yes, there's allusions to uh, mysteries, but whereas everyone speaks in riddles and hee-hee-hee-hees in the Souls games, and, you know, everyone speaks much more straightforward in Hollow Knight. Um, It is very much not trying to trick you with the narrative. doesn't mean it's, like, spoon-feeding you everything that's happening. You're still putting together uh things yourself but it is it is it is far more like hey man like here's what's going on uh um it's still well written but it's just a little more upfront about what uh the story is trying to tell So like that's the stuff the world gripped me um really quickly um and then you know all the stuff piled on top of that with the combat and the 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 even just the layout of the open world which i'm yeah can get into but like it was the the world itself and the storytelling um and the subtlety uh, that it was uh, accomplishing it with was was really what grabbed me. Initially. I
1: mean, I think I think one of the things you're, one of the things to get out there is that it blends those two things really well: the world and the storytelling. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hollow Knight is a game that you know I, I haven't finished Hollow Knight. I admit I fell off of it. Um, the fact that it may still crack my top ten, it's like right on the edge. Uh, it says a lot given that I'm someone who does not like jumping puzzles or does not respond well to them, I'm, I'm fine. And these aren't like, really your fine. type of games
3: anymore, no, right? No, like, right, I, totally, Even if you play them a lot as a kid, like, yeah, in like general sense, that you don't... Totally. Whereas yeah. I get excited for a new one of these, like, I'm like you, uh, you kind of have to be dragged in, like, it's gotta, yeah, be, it's gotta totally. be something special.
1: And it and might plat- be... It might blow me away, but... Go ahead, Natalie, sorry. No, I was just
2: gonna say, a, a platformer for me is, like, an instant, like... Even after Hollow Knight, like, I'm still, like, so, so hesitant to play a platformer because I just don't, like think of myself as enjoying those types of mechanics
1: so yeah so i think one of the big things that you were both hitting at is like the experience of exploring this world through the really smart level design the ways in which abilities unlock new directions to go um which is which is like a hallmark of the genre but here helped to communicate a sense of scale and a sense of history like every time i went to a new place in hollow knight one it was like all right what's the trick to this place? Like, do I need some sort of stuff to not get killed by, like, a toxic fog? Do I need to, like, zip around using, like, a cool, like, f- almost, like, flight mode that you unlock mm-hmm. at a certain point? Um, uh, is there going to be lots of flying enemies here? Like, what's the deal? And then, separately, it's like, well, why does that deal exist? And again and again, there's a reason for it, like, in in, in the way the world feels and the way the world exists and what the history of this place was. I mean, one of the very earliest ones Parts of this is just the fast travel system, uh, being the last stag. This one, this one old giant beetle who has been like running through these tunnels by himself for my sad boy.
2: When he when and when you're first introduced to him, he's called the old stag. Yeah, or like the elder stag. Oh, really? And then he his name changes to the last stag. Um, I'm almost positive about that. Um, you, maybe you didn't,
3: Austin, did, uh, Danny, or Natalie. Did you get? Did you get yeah. to like the secret location?
2: Yeah. So what's basically,
1: the se- ooh, what's the secret location? We're gonna go spoilers. Yeah.
3: We're yeah. Talk spoiler spoilers here.
2: Heavy. Yeah. Um, so there's a point at which you uh, can open up a pathway to like where the stags used to live.
1: Yeah, I've now looked um, this up. This is wild.
2: Yeah, there's like the stag station, and uh, when you get up there he talks to you and he's like i'm not sure if like any else survived there may be one like i i am i think i am the last stag but i hope like there there are some but i can't go so actually so you, like,
1: the thing that's wild here i just looked this up is it's i have it backwards which is it starts as the last stag it becomes the old stag because in that moment and this gets oh, to something fuck. yes yes go ahead
2: what actually happens is you find an egg at the top of the this area that's like been recently hatched like you I think you can I don't know I don't know if you examine it or somehow but basically there are like there are signifiers that show that like someone recently has left the the stag station and has like gone somewhere which like um,
1: speaks to this underlying sense of hope in the face of ruin in this game, right? Like, this Mm -hmm. game has no problem saying, like, oh, this old king was terrible. Oh, these people all suffered. Oh, this place is burnt to the ground. I don't even want to talk about the deep nest because the deep nest terrifies me. Like, it has no problem playing in the realm of terror. But... Partially because the world is filled with all these other little adventurers you run into, and partially because the town continues to grow as more people come back to your, your place. Like, there is this sense of, it is melancholy, but it is not hopeless,
2: you know? Yeah, you are, like, a lot of the abilities that you get towards the beginning of the game are, like, sort of, like, light-oriented. Like, mm. they, like, have a lot of, like, flash, like, when you dash, you, it's like kind of like a flash of light, and it feels like very, sort of, you are the sort of beacon of hope. And mm-hmm. then the story <laughs> complicates that. Right.
1: The story says, um, like, well, maybe the light isn't so good by in, in and of itself, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Which I love because I feel like, I don't know. I think they do it in a way that doesn't feel like, okay, we're going to make the typical good thing bad and the, the bad thing good. Because I don't think, like, this game has no clear lines of, like, Morality, or, or like, I think there's like people trying to do their best, and then there's people taking advantage of that, um, which is like such an interesting way to engage with. Right. Light. And not
1: something you traditionally hear said about a Metroidvania. Yeah. Right.
2: Especially not one that's like light and dark. Right. Like, right. there's not right. like n- going into the gray areas between that is, uh, I just really loved how Hollow Knight like kind of finessed between yeah. the two.
1: Patrick, you brought up the level design and stuff before. Is there is there a standout place for you, or standout fight, or or anything that's like, man, this is the one for me? Deepnest man is... <sighs> Fuck, We have to talk about the Deepnest. Okay. There were like a thousand
3: words. Yeah, I, I know. Meaning to write like a hundred words, it was basically <laughs> just going to say. Fuck the deep nest, and then that uh, as often happens at waypoint that hundred words turn into a thousand words about fuck the deep nest. Um, um, because the deep nest came to signify like more holistically what I found so deeply impressive about the game as a whole. As I talked to more people about the deep nest and realizing specifically you and I had this revelation where, uh. You encounter the Deep Nest, I think, very early. Very and early. And I found the Deep Nest very late relative to um, uh, a playthrough. And not only that, uh, so you're supposed to, f- like, not supposed, and I'll get into that because that's, like, a larger thing I find really interesting about this game. Um, like, if you're going on sort of, like, the targeted path yeah. is that you encounter this really cool boss fight between three... Insects. I forget, like... They're, they're... mantises. They're mantises. mantises. Yeah. That's
2: yeah. My, like... one of
1: my favorite areas in the game is the mantis yeah. village.
3: Yeah. The mantis village is great. Um, there's that whole awesome bit where when you uh, win the fight, then the mantis uh, creatures, the soldiers, like the foot soldiers, like, won't fight you in that area anymore, but you can still hit them by accident and fucking oh, yeah. collect, collect yeah. some uh, shells or whatever the currency is in that game. But, so you're supposed to kind of go down there. You have this encounter with the, the, the three... Uh, uh, Mantises? Is that the plural? Mantis or lords, or mantis?
1: I believe. Yeah, they're the yeah. mantis lords. The mantis man- lords? You want to say like mantis or like... Mantis? Man- mantis? That's not right. No. Mantis-i?
3: Anyway, th- there are three mantis. Mantis... No, this is... T- uh,
1: this is Mantises. What's the plural? Mantis, mantis, mantis lords. lords. Just say lords. The mantis lords. We're going to get off of this
3: and just not have to... Um, so you find the mantis lords, and then they open a gate to the deep nest. But I like saw that fight coming up and was like, right. ah as I often do in games, to go, I don't want to go to that. I'm going to make sure and like clear out the thing that's up to the left and then I'll swoop back down. Well, if you do that, if you go up up around there and do the exploratory thing, there's just a spot where like you fall through the floor and then you just get fucking dumped into the deep nest. You're there's the no way it. to get out. Yep. Um, You can't just like crawl out of there. Like You have to just then escape the deep nest. And then I spent like three, four hours slowly going through this dark, dank, deeply creepy, like the most terrifying area in the game, like far and away. One that is trying to unsettle you in terms of its visual imagery, in, ter- in terms of its uh, uh, mm. its sound design. It is meant to be unsettling okay. and, and creepy. And outside of just like how well designed that specific area is, um, one of the other big draws for me in Hollow Knight was the responsibility and freedom it gives to the player in which Yes, there are some signposts along the way that can kind of put you along a path. Although that ends right around the time of the Mantis Lords, like yeah. generally speaking. Yeah. Um but even before then as I encountered and as 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 when I talked to other people who didn't even go to the deep nest until like 30 plus hours into the game, um the game the game gives you so much freedom to explore in a way that It just respects your ability to be an explorer and rewards you for that in a way that I don't see many other games having the confidence and the trust that players are just going to figure it out. So many games are so afraid that you're going to go off the beaten path, and then you're going to get scared off because you encounter something that you're not ready for, and that that's going to throw you off playing the game. And Hollow Knight says, actually, like, here here it is, and like it's up to you, like, go figure it out. And just the amount of respect it has for the player to to try and figure it out themselves is takes a lot of faith on the developer's part. Mm-hmm. And as the player, as you figure that stuff out and put those pieces together, it's so deeply rewarding as you start to see how everything begins to slot together. Totally, totally. I think
1: a lot about the, the you know, there, there's some highlights for me in this game and so many of them are, wait a second, where where am I now? What is this place, right? Where you go from like, okay, this is like a cool rainy city and everything is just kind of chill and like, yeah, there's some enemies around, but whatever. And then like you explore just the right slash wrong way and suddenly you're like facing weird magical enemies who are summoning things and like, wait a second, okay, wait, did I just stumble into a fucking real ass boss fight (laughs) that has multiple (laughs) stages and like this game knows when this game knows when to pull its punches and when to come out swinging uh, and what the right it's it's really hard to do this in a game where you can just give the control to the player um because the player could walk up to the door where like the climax of an area is and then turn away turn around and go somewhere else entirely but i found that in this game whenever i Was like just coming to a lull, or when I started to feel confident that I understood a place, there'd be the twist, and it's really hard to do that in via just a game's geography. Uh, And to see them do it like consistently again and again was so special, and like so many standout moments for me of just like, okay, I walk into a room and there's just like, God, what is the what is the the dung beetle fight? Where it's oh, like, yeah. what is happening? Why am I fighting this dude? The and then why is he fires. chill with me <laughs> afterward <laughs> like it's no big deal? So many little surprises like that really helped every PlayStation kind of stand out. Barring a few for me where the platforming got too hard. And it would feel like I didn't make any real progress. Um,
2: the Dung Defender.
1: The Dung Defender. Thank you. Thank you for for knowing the truth of the Dung Defender. Um uh, I go to you, Natalie. Is there anything? Uh, what is your favorite spot in this in this map? I know Patrick said Deep Nest your most standout, but for you, I know you've like done it all. You did the Coliseum of Fools. I did. You did the DLC okay. with the the circus guy. What's his name? I
2: did do uh, the the fuck. What's his name? Um,
1: circus dude. Circus, circus guy. Circus man.
2: I'll find it. Um, I. It's so hard to pick one. Place grim, that the grim, grim, trip. yeah, I was, yes, um, yeah, the grimkin was such a, uh, it, it was, it, it was really cool to play this game on Switch because it had, it came out with the grim because the grimkins and like the grim troop was like a additional uh content pack mm-hmm. and so like there were three additional contact packs that the switch already came with. And those just felt so already integral to the story to me that I was like, you you can engage with them at such an early point that it didn't feel like I was doing end game stuff. Right. And, um, which was really cool because it really informed my way of understanding the world in like a larger sense rather than like, okay, here's the world at base and then here's the extension. Right. Whereas having them all together, it just all kind of melded. um. I would say my favorite area. I'm like looking at the map on my screen and I'm just like so sad that I finished this game. Um have you, wait,
1: have you gone back through to the whatever the newest thing is? The God I haven't Master? done the
2: Godmaster. Yeah. I haven't I've gone into it and I've tried one and I died. Um but unfortunately I'm just playing way too many games right now and just don't have Bear. the time. Um I would say. Oh. <laughs> are you looking like, at a map right now? Is I'm looking at a map right now, okay. and I'm like, "Fuck!" The Queen's Gardens are like so cool, and is it the like, bubble just, area? The Queen's Garden? No, that's Fog Canyon. Okay, um, that's where the bubbles are. Queen's Gardens is uh, like the last area you probably end up in.
1: Oh, okay, I definitely. Um,
2: agree with that. Yeah, and it's full of like, vi- it's like very platform heavy. Um, it's like full of vines and stuff like that. But it's just like there. I just love the way like the structures are built and like mm. and done in this game, and I just the I would say like the mines Crystal Peak is also a highlight. Just Which is when you
1: get that super fast like fly charge power, yeah, That's you get really the good... fly. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, yeah. good.
2: Um, but again, I think just having being able to get to know the map on my own terms was such an important part of playing this game. And the pin system of, like, buying pins and, like, being uh, yeah, able we didn't to assign. talk about that. Yeah, so. Uh, the, I wish the... you
3: could. Uh, I was frustrated with that system a little bit. Though. I wish you could label. Yes, yes, yes. I just think... I would forget what my pins oh, meant. Oh, I yeah, see. Sure. So I'd be marking, like, eight different things. And then right. I'd have to open my phone and be like, this equals that. And it's like, oh, what the game should let me do is, like, I have the stylus. Like, just let me. I'd rather just have marked the map with a stylus instead of pins. Yeah. Or let me uh like quantify with the yeah, sign the pins the... to like this is a, a a gateway that I had lightning or whatever and I can't get through or yeah, something totally. like that. Totally.
2: I just ended up like kind of creating my like writing on, on a phone, basically. I it, I would have really like I like labeling maps. I think it's like something that more game especially like explore exploration yeah. games should do is like be able to have the players label Um, and mark places that um, are, you know, of interest to them. So those, like, kind of became my signifiers of how I moved around because I just would remember where I had pins before and things like that. Um, Yeah, so I just, and I, I really just, in terms of the dialogue that you were speaking to before, the dialogue always felt in service, not in service of some, like, larger, like, in the Dark Souls way where, like, the, the, the dialogue can be riddles or, like, mm-hmm. in service of some, like, larger, grandiose idea. It felt, like, super grounded in this world and, like, in these characters' like life experiences rather than trying to, like, play a part. It was more about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, in
3: Dark Souls, it feels like. Oh, someone wrote this. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, it's a it's a part of a larger performance yeah. piece whereas yeah. in Hollow Knight they're like, nah, like they're just characters. And like there's equal ways to to do it, but I think part of it, because I've been so I played so many of the Souls games and games that try to imitate that style. It was kind of nice for someone to to just be like, yo, I'm just, you know, the characters are just being this characters. This is just
1: Quirrell or whoever yes. who is like another Another wandering adventurer kind of and you've run into him at some places and like, oh hey, it's this guy. Cool. Hey, how you been? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah,
2: definitely. There's like a familiarity there where you like feel like you're actually getting into the character. Like you're not just like looking at it. Like you're actually kind of getting a little bit deeper inside that's not as like performative. And there are like there there are like goofy characters that are like super like, like over the top, and and I mean, look at what's his name? The uh, l- who's the the little man? Oh,
3: <laughs> which little man? That little that you man? Have to keep saving Zote? Yes, yeah.
2: Zote the Zote, Mighty. Yes, yeah. Zote the Mighty. He was so exactly. good. He was so good, oh, an and asshole. like that felt like he like that felt so true to his sort of like. Even yeah. though he was like kind of over the top, it was like this is also a world where like people are fighting for glory they're fighting for you know glory to survive so it's like less sort of like a glory just for glory's sake but it's like there's also such like a desperation to that and like a like we we need this like we need to to get through this somehow in like this desecrated land um that i just found like super genuine and engaging
0: yeah, yeah there was totally a there was a
3: nice that. amount of like different people with different motivations that all felt like in service of like this broader mm-hmm. like it all made sense that these people could be coming at this problem uh whether for their own reasons or for trying to Help people for, for their mm-hmm. own reasons. And the, uh,
1: one of the best things about this game is there's a point at which you gain the ability to start to pick apart what those reasons yeah, are. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, Can we yeah. talk yeah. about yes, the yes. dream? Nail? Is it called the dream nail? Is that what it yeah, was called? Yeah, the dream yeah. nail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what fight that even <laughs> is where you unlock. Oh, you go to the lake, right? You go to the. Is that what it is? You go to the. Or not. Maybe it's at the lake. You go to like the weird dream zone. You go to like. Yeah. You fight a boss who kicks your ass or something, and you go to the dream zone, and you come and back to the dream And then a whole button
3: down. on your controller does something. Oh,
1: it's so good. Do you want to tell them what that is? I think it was it's...
3: you who said, like, yo, wait till you get the X button. And I'm
1: like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Dude, it's so cool. It's so, so I mean... like,
2: late into the game, too. It's so like, late. It's not immediate by any means, and it's just wild that you to introduce, like, an entire new mechanic. And, yeah. Anyway, yeah. go let's
1: take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the X button or whatever button it is, the Dream Nail button. <laughs> all right.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.
1: In Hollow Knight, uh, so there is a a moment when I should have spent that break looking this up actually, and then chose not to. There is a moment when you you go into this other like dream world and start to get a little bit of like, oh, this is what's really going on out here. This is what's like the truth about about some of the big picture plot stuff. Um, and you come back with the ability to instead of just hitting people with your nail, be, so. You play as insects in this game. Is the thing I realized we have not said out loud. Um, <laughs> um,
3: look at 2018. That's just not that weird. Honestly. It's
1: just not that weird, is it? You know. Um, but it's funny
2: because you feel so othered, like in comparison to the other insects. Like, mm. oh, my horns are kind of like that, but I don't fit right. into that. Like, you're you not don't a
1: mantis. You're not a you're, beetle. You're not. Yeah, a, they're a clear.
2: Like they're a clear. Like. Types of bugs everywhere. But you're just and, a like, bug in this one. The closest one is hornet, which is right. why she's like so interesting and like you get so curious about her.
1: Totally. Um. But so anyway, the dream nail. So you get this thing called the dream nail, which you know uh, your regular weapon is just a nail that you that you swing around like a sword. And about halfway through the game, or maybe even later, I don't even know, you get this thing called the dream nail, which is a way for you to, like, get essence and, like, do do some some other important stuff, gaining soul and blah, blah, blah. Um, but one of the things it does, you also need it to, like, challenge certain bosses or, like, refight bosses or whatever. But the, for me, the, the coolest thing it does is when you hit any character with it, whether that is, like, a named NPC or, like, a random enemy, you gain access to their thoughts. Like, uh, whatever they're thinking mm-hmm. pops up on the screen. And so you can use it mm-hmm. in boss fights. You can do that with NPCs. Uh, And along – you do that with regular enemies, and along the way you end up getting some really heartbreaking stuff, either from enemies who are like, oh, they're clearly very far gone, you know, or like – or driven by like righteousness against me. They're right to want to kill me. Mm -hmm. Or people who you think are like totally chill and totally just like, oh, look at this cool lady. They go, no, she wants to eat me. She wants to kill me and eat my body. Uh, And that stuff is so funny and it's so cool and it was so neat – that far into the game to get a new verb to help explore the world, you know, like this game doesn't have a million items in the way that Dark Souls does, where it can tell its story through item descriptions. I mean, there are still there are some things like that for sure. There's like the hunter's notes and stuff like that, but yeah. like this specific having this new angle to tell a story from was, or to help build do the world building from was really 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 cool, and I was really happy to to have that addition.
2: Yeah, and it encourages you to like go back and yes. like reexplore, like anything that can actually convince. Someone to go back and re-explore everything they've already seen, especially in a, a game that's that uh, can be as difficult to navigate um, when you're, like, first exploring and don't have, or if you, like, don't have yeah. the compass equipped and, like, you can't place yourself unless you, like, really know the area you're in. Um, it's just, yeah, the dream nail was really crucial. And I wish I would have used that on the banker bug, before oh, I gave her all of my money, do
1: you not get that back at some point? Can you not you chase do. her down? You You chase her down. That was
2: such okay. a wild moment for me when oh, I so like good. found there's like this banker bug that you can deposit your uh, what are they called the uh, coins in? Um, I keep wanting to say
1: can... shells, but I don't. It's remember. not shells.
2: It's similar to shells. Geo. Though. It's geo. geo. Yeah. Um, that you can give your geo to, and then like. After you give her more than two thousand geo, so when you give her the geo, when you die, you can still like go get it. So when I had like a ton of geo at one point, I gave her like eight thousand geo because I was walking around with just my pockets full, and I was like, so I come money. back through, and I was like, hmm, where's she at? Where would she go? And and I like randomly found her too. I like just like totally stumbled I was like, Oh, this great beacon of of just just genuine like niceness. Just gonna We're hold all out my, here together. Just hold my money for me for a little bit. <laughs> and then I fucking find her taking a bath in the fucking city of lights just chilling. And I was like, excuse me. And she was like, Oh, oh, well, I didn't think you'd find me. Um, <laughs> uh-huh i'm i can't give it back i've already spent it and i was like i know you didn't spend it and i gave her a whack and then i got all my money back after like 15 more whacks but
1: that's extremely that was
2: it it, like it like pulls the rug from under you like in totally like like funny genuine moments that are just it's just a good game
1: it is it is it is um. Before we 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 wrap up, I'm curious from from both of you what you would what you want to see more from Team Cherry, this developer who was this their first full release as a commercial product? Because yeah. I know Hollow Knight had a history as like a flash game before. There there are other projects that they worked on. Uh, you it was know, two people, right? Is that largely? The, I
3: mean, I know things probably expanded a bit from their contractors, contract, right? But I think I think it was largely two uh-huh. people. Um. Uh, let's see, Hollow Knight credits.
1: Team Cherry. Yeah, I truly don't know. Three people. That's a small team. Presumably, additional help with QA and stuff after. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, got yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. whatever, but like, but yeah, no, that's but still that's an exceptionally
3: remarkable. small team that pulled off for their first project. Um, and they seem to have taken an approach similar to uh, the uh, Shovel Knight. Uh, uh, Shovel Knight. Yeah. where I like, I like Shovel Knight a lot. But I will admit to being, like, kind of frustrated. then <laughs> I was like, yo, you guys are really talented. Like, go make another game. And instead, they did the smart thing, which is, like, cultivate a community yeah. and just continue to support the thing that people fell in love with. And Team Cherry seems to be doing the same thing with, with Hollow Knight.
1: Which is, like, do a bunch of free DLC, right? Continue to support yeah. the game. They put out three free DLCs already or or four? Mm, something, something like that. Something like that. that. Yeah. Um, all of which add new areas, new enemies, new story stuff. Um, I think yeah. they're working on one of the ones that hasn't come out yet is one about one that's like a playable Hornet campaign. Yeah, I think I that think might so. be the final one. Okay, uh, that they're doing. Do we have any idea what they're doing next? Because that is like my no. biggest question right now is like, I think this team is incredibly talented. I think I'm going to continue to pick away at this game. I, I open it up once a month and play for like 90 minutes and I go like, oh, yeah, this game's good but I have a million other things I need to play. Um, I think bit by bit, I'm going to keep trying to peck away at it until I get through it. Um, but I'm really curious, like where do you go from here? You have This game was super successful. You have a game that has probably brought in a decent chunk of cash and you can make something even, whatever, even more ambitious if you want to, right? Um, so I'm curious, what do you want to see this team do going forward? And also what would you want from a Hornet uh, campaign, a Hornet DLC?
2: Oh God, just a whole new world with the Hornet.
1: Just a whole new world. He's like, throw out the whole the old map. Just give me a whole new game. Throw
2: out the whole thing. Give me a whole new game. I mean, I just I think what this team has done a really good job of is leaving spaces in like what they have so far that don't feel empty but can be filled with like more story. Like it doesn't feel like there are gaps. It like feels like there's like things that are unknown not like gaps in in the knowledge or in the story. So I would like to see them. I don't want to see everything filled out because I think there is something there about sort of that loss of information and just like trying to pick up the pieces and and kind of moving on to this like new world.
1: Right, because we didn't really get into spoiler territory in terms of what the main thrust of the story is, who the Hollow Knight is, what the radiance is? There's all sorts of like capital, like there are all sorts of proper ass nouns that yeah. make me excited uh, when you start digging into and the like, history
3: and, and like ending, good ending, best ending, sort of thing. Yeah, going right here as Multiple well. Or even endings. just like
1: debatable, what is the best ending by the end, right? Sure. Because like, yes. what do you think of the radiance? Totally. What do you think of this or that? Um, and and yeah, I think there is some value in like, hey, let's not give the final answer to that stuff.
2: Yeah, I I would. I would like something that proposes more questions, but maybe towards a different thing or maybe like it's like the prequel where mm. you that is not like necessarily meant to explain but create a context right That would be super interesting. I want to see this world but, filled
1: with bugs having a good time or having a bad time, yeah, but like <laughs> let yeah, me see the just city bugs hanging
2: out totally. and then maybe they stop hanging out.
1: Patrick, how about you
0: uh
1: man I don't
3: so I haven't seen uh i i got to i i did sort of like the the regular ending and then haven't gone and done like the last like you know five to ten hours of of extra stuff to see um the last bits of it i've I wanted to go back, but that unfortunately like like a lot of games once you fall off, it's like super hard to especially now that like I'm at like end game stuff so it's like the game's pretty difficult I could probably get back into the swing of it but. I have a fear that I, that I never will. Um, I mean, I don't feel like I cheated out of anything. I, I Hollow Knight, I, I think I've expressed in the past, was one of those rare games that as I'm playing it, I very quickly realized how good it was and how much I appreciated it. And that I, I sometimes you play a game and go, oh shit, like this is one of my favorite games ever made. And, like, you just have that realization up front as opposed to something that happens in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've grown to appreciate it even more over time, but it is a game that it was cool in the moment to be like, oh, my God, like, I, this is going to be a top 10 game for me and I'm only halfway done with it. Like, that's, like, a really neat sort of thing uh, to feel. I, You know, by the, by the end of it, at least, uh, you know, without having seen how the story wraps, I'm... Like maybe this is sort of a cop out answer, but like this team is so smart that I would j- I don't even know what I would want right. for them to do next. I sort of just trust them. Like I would have said with Dark Souls. I mean, this is not to take away from how much you like Dark Souls too, but um, like I'm I was much more interested in the leap from Dark Souls to Bloodborne sure. to to Sekiro than 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 I am in an iterative sequel based on the thing they've already done. So like I would love if I I guess what I'm thinking like I would love for them to take what clearly is something like pretty masterful. And then like, mm-hmm. what do you do with that from there? Like a straightforward sequel, just like a big new map with different areas. Right. Like this continues to be my like sort of anxiety about a Spelunk- Spelunky too. Right. Like, I don't know that I just need that with new items. I may still like that. It may still be good. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. And actually there's enough there that this was totally worth like somewhat of a retread. But like I'm more interested in the, the Dark Souls to Bloodborne jump, which is like, all right, So you liked this. Hold tight. Okay, I'm listening. We're going to kind of Uh throw you for a
1: loop, but but we're going to go off
3: in this direction a little bit, and it's going to pay off because what you know already is going to help you get there, but we're going to kind of, you know, kick your feet out from under you and go in something that's a little bit surprising. So, like, I guess that's what I would like to see from them is, like, it'd be strange for them to abandon so much of what resonated, but I would be, again, in the Spelunky 2 thing, like, not disappointed but i I'd, I'd love to see them go in something that surprised and made me feel uncomfortable i want to be made yeah. felt uncomfortable even as i'm going into something where i have some foundational text and institutional knowledge
1: of how to jump into it so i guess that's where i
3: would yeah. would hope they
2: see, go I, in i, I definitely in the i can
1: i can walk with you there because like you know i know how i feel about dark souls 2 but part of the reason i Part of the reason I do is because I already got over the, like, for me, it was like Demon Souls to Dark Souls was that sequel. And yeah, I was like, well, yeah, yeah. okay, right. so, yeah, this is I, this I, fucking I play, series. I, I, so. I played Demons later. Right, exactly. So that was right, my right, right. jump from, here's, from there. Here's my pitch, which is a similar thing. Is, okay, you know, I already, the things I love uh, that this game does great. Exploration. Uh, it's kind of like player-led exploration. You see the world, you just go out there, find some stuff to do. Uh, the the kind of sense of melancholy, like this deep sense of, like, mm, there's something off about this world. Like, oh, I'm so small in the face of this grand thing that is at once beautiful and also terrifying. Um, the the relationships, the, the kind of characters and the, the kind of warmth that grows between you and, and, and them, uh, the big boss fights, the, the bosses that can be just like, oh, wow, look at this giant thing. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to fight this thing, but also it does the other thing where it's like, oh, man, I'm one-on-one against, like, a mantis lord. I guess it was three-on-one, but you know. Uh, I want Team Cherry to do to get the the dragon's dogma license from Capcom, <laughs> 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 and do the dragon's dog do dragon's dog two, be 2d it could be 3d i'm happy with either but i want to see them actually sure. do what i would love for, for them to do is actually make an action rpg that does that goes even further because one of the things we didn't talk about at all was the charm system um which is like how you put together your build of what like You know, okay, do I do the gathering swarm that gives me little bugs that like crawl around? Or no, that's the one that's like, that's the one that gives you the geo, that like the loose geo that's followed. But Mm -hmm. there is Mm -hmm. one that's like, I have a little bug uh, following me around. I have one that hits spores. And there are so many cool combat and exploration abilities tied to that stuff that I want to see them Mm -hmm. lean into that even further. Like, I remember playing Dragon's Dogma for the first time. Actually, no, I didn't even play it. I was watching Patrick, your quick look of the game, when you were a giant bomb. (laughs) And you were like, I'm a magic archer. Look at this cool shit I can do. This is wild. And, you know, locking onto stuff and firing magical arrow bolts that, like, do all sorts of weird flips in the air as they go in to hit the enemy. And... There was something about that that seemed so creative, and I can't yeah. even imagine what a team with the creativity and, and ability to execute that uh, Team Cherry has would do with something like, no, we're going to actually make like a class system. We're actually going to make like all sorts of d- core differences between the way you and I might play the game. Like Maybe you go down a magic path, and I go down a warrior path, and Natalie goes down a rogue path, or whatever mm. those different classes are like. Build that system side stuff out because they're very good at it, um, and then and then second would be like also just a completely new world. Like I just want to keep hearing about different like histories and different you know uh, mm-hmm. I want I want to continue to to be as breath uh, uh, have my breath taken as many times as possible in ways like when I wandered into Queen Station for the first time and I was like Am I in a subway station What the fuck is this game um, Yeah, and that that feeling is something that I think that I'm confident they can continue to do. And I, hope I can see them see flipping
3: it. the color scheme, yeah, right? Yeah. Like going from a dark game to something like far more vibrant yeah. and full of life that also has some sort of darkness. Blah 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 yeah, yeah, within yeah. it. Exactly. Totally. Um, I, I, I hope it stays two D. Like I they I do such a good job with the it. art yeah. in this so much. Um, sometimes you, you see you know games that are having uh, rooted in sort of old school game designs that the reason that they're 2D or pixel based is not as much of a creative choice as much as like a limitation of resources and what they can accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, This is one of those games where like, I just adored the art so much. I would just love to see them continue down that path. And they just, they made such a sharp 2D combat game, which is so much harder. Like, even though we've had so many 2D games to get something usually like 2D combat games like that involve a lot of shooting. Um yeah. this mm-hmm. involves a lot of like really intense melee combat that felt so good um like there's more to there's probably more that they can build on that it's probably in a customization path that like you suggested Austin. yeah
2: the fact that they were able to convey or to like convey such an expressivity through just uh, like the nail like the nail doesn't change mm-hmm. it is the same like it it makes the same movements but the ex- the expressivity is like transferred onto the player to change their movements yeah. instead and and the constant is the nail but instead you are kind of changing the way that you move around based on like the the badges that you have on um if you have like something that is like a an aura sort of thing you want to like get really close right. or if you want to like extend your strike or whatever so that was like yeah pretty cool
1: yeah kyle also um. remember finding the first of the nail masters and be like yo i just met a guy who paints or whatever whichever one you found first and then he taught me how to do a new cool attack type like what is this game Like, i that yeah. feeling and then you
3: find out one of them are their brothers yeah, yeah they're right? all brothers they're all brothers yeah.
2: and then there's a dad
1: oh is there a dad i haven't met the dad that's sick Hashtag There's a you dad. got the dad. Huge Video spoiler, big spoilers. <laughs> um, spoilers. There There's is There's dad in this game. There's, There's dads, dad. in, this game. There's the dads dad. in this
2: game. Also, just the sound. Yeah, we did not say, but the sound design in this game is so like overwhelming and good <laughs> uh-huh. in like the best way. Like being in deepness, having like surround God. sound. Headphones on, or just like listening for the map guy, Conifer. Oh, that stuff Conifer.
1: is so good. He's like humming to himself as you step into the yeah, like one of the first rooms. Like, oh. ex-
2: yeah, singing, and you're like trying to like follow the voice yeah. through, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm about to come up on, but I need a map, <laughs> so I'm just gonna go as far as I can and find this guy. Oh,
1: even just the even just the um the voices in general, the bugs in this. All the characters have great mumbly, like cartoon yeah. insect mm-hmm. voices that are so memorable and so like distinct there's such a character to them all um yeah. just just banjo
3: kazooie eat your heart for out for real
1: for real man i'm talking myself for... to put this game on my list fuck god damn it <laughs> top 15 right now it's gotta, so gotta cut some stuff all right that is gonna do it from us as always you can find me on twitter at austin underscore walker where can people find you natalie
2: uh at natalie watson
1: how about you patrick At Patrick Clubbing. Find the producer, Ricardo, over at A underscore cado underscore appears on Twitter. As always, you can find us, twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint waypoint.advice.com. We will be back with some more podcasts, probably, or this could be the last. I don't think this is the last one. I think I know what the last one is. I think there's one thing that makes sense to be the last one, and that'll be the last one. It won't be this. Um... So look forward to that stuff in your feed for the remainder of the holidays. I hope everybody at home is having a great holiday. And as always, uh, shout outs to Mellow for letting us use a track uh, for all of our our game of the year, end of year celebration podcast. You can find out more about Mellow at Mellow Makes on Twitter or at 2MellowMakes.BandCamp.com. All right, that's going to do it for us. We will be back with some more end of year celebrations in a day or two. Until then, peace.